Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today three-time Ironman finisher, Richard Crippen. Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? Good to be on the show. Oh, I am doing fantastic, and I am excited to talk to you today because I know you've got some fun stuff uh, to talk about, um, and so we want to we want to learn about it. We want to hear about it because you know how it goes, Rick. I love talking triathlon. I love talking to new people. Uh, I love getting to know people, getting to know where they what the, where they came from, what their background is, what they're excited about, what kind of bike they ride. You know all the things, all the things, right? And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing all the things about you today. Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, you've heard the podcast before. You know that we start every podcast out with a little bit of a level set introduction, right? So we want to make sure that we give the listening audience an idea of who who we're speaking to today, what kind of time constraints that we have, and you know, were they an athletic person? Did they come with a Division One swimming background, or did they win state in cross country, or you know, runner up to the, uh, tour de France. I don't know how that works. Right. Um, so can you, uh, can you give us your, uh, level set introduction, Rick? Yeah. So I'm Rick. Uh, I'm 54 years old, been married for 31 years. Oh, congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Uh, met my wife when I was a sophomore in high school. So sophomore, sophomore sweethearts, uh, got two boys, two boys, two grandkids. I'm an empty nester work nine to 10 hours a day, mm. try to get my training in on the morning and evening times mm. and, uh, came from an athletic background. I'd like to say I, I was pretty athletic, um, played, ran a little bit of cross country and track in high school, soccer, went on to have a, play a little college soccer in oh, my, cool. back in my younger days. And, uh, yeah, then I kind of, uh, life got a hold of me and I, uh, kind of got Rocking the dad bod, and <laughs> I put I put on a few pounds, and I and I think like I've heard through your podcast, um, I've I've lost fifty pounds in the past whatever fifteen to twenty years, and Good for you, yep, and then got into uh, I got into running to start, and then it just kind of led onto the whole triathlon life. That is awesome. Yeah. So, um, we we talked briefly before the podcast and there's a lot of similarities in uh, our our story now the one of the biggest differences i'm going to go ahead and point out and this is an audio podcast and so i always have the benefit of seeing uh my guest or guests depending on the situation and uh you know I'll, i post a picture on instagram or whatever but you you've got quite the uh quite the metal display behind you right i i have meager i have a meager a meager collection of course now you did share uh, with me that those are not all yours that there are no. some shared yeah. custodies yes so i do have quite a few we hang them on uh like a curtain rod behind us yeah um it's kind of our bragging wall but yes a lot of them are my wife's um she does a lot of running with me she's done some halves and some fulls awesome. and just a quick funny story but um she was actually the one that introduced me to triathlon she really? decided she decided to do a triathlon first. She she completed her first marathon and was done with it. 
checked it off her bucket list and said she wanted to do a triathlon. Hmm. So getting up at four o'clock in the morning and heading over to the local pool to join the master's club, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of started the whole process with her. And then I, I said, Hey, I want to, I want to do an Ironman. And she said, she basically told me no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now did you she gotta, say she no for her or no for you? Which, who was she saying no to? No for me. I no had, to wait till okay. she, had to wait till she had her moment with the Olympic that she was going to do. There was no Trump, no Trump in her. So, uh, we well, so that's fair. It's fair. Yeah. It was her idea. Let her, let her do her race first. Yeah. So that's she awesome. checked it off her bucket list and yeah. And so was, so she, did she ever, uh, go beyond that or was she satisfied with her Olympic? And then that was it. Yep. She checked her, checked the box and she was off and moving to, to Good for the her. next. Yeah. Good for her. So, Good for her. That's it. Well, cool. Well, sounds like you guys uh, are active and involved, and those are all good things. Those are all really good things. Um, So what I want to talk about, if you don't mind, Rick, um, is the fact that uh, you reached out to me, right, through -hmm. through email. And I've had the opportunity to uh, interact with a few um, listeners before. And, um, I'm curious if you don't mind, like, how did you, how did you find the podcast? Like, how did you discover it for the first time? Were you just searching and it popped up or what? Can you walk me through that? Yeah. So, I mean, people that are in the endurance triathlon world, motivation is a tough thing to hang on to on a day in and day out basis. So I started searching, um, on, podcasts, you know, just looking for triathlon podcasts out there and trying to figure out what would excite me to keep, go out and do that training run in the afternoon or get up at four o'clock in the morning and just, just trying to figure that extra motivation. And then I stumbled across your podcast and I listened to it at first and I was like, okay, these are just normal people, you know, and, and there's other podcasts out there that I enjoy too, but yours what I liked about yours is it's just the real people. And I could connect more with the people that were, that you were interviewing because I was living kind of the same life as what they do, have done. They were going mm-hmm. through a lot of the same struggles. And as I learned, listen more and more, it just became a, a lifestyle. Like I walk my dog every morning and you're, and you're in my ear, that is you cool. know? And so it's just, uh, I just enjoy it. And so, I mean, you you do a very good podcast and I, I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it and oh. uh, love listening to the people you talk to, whether they're 19 years old or 60 years old or whether they're 15 year 15 time Ironman champions or their first one. You know, it's just good stuff. Well, I I obviously I I appreciate that and that's very kind of you to say. Um, I I definitely have have mentioned it before, but I have been so incredibly blessed to get to meet. Um, athletes such as yourself who, you know, we're not pros, right? We're amateurs. We're juggling all the things. And I mean, obviously some of us have, um, have had more success than others and that's how the life is. And that's great. Um, but we all share that common thing. And, um, so I was, I'm just, you know, I thought I'll start to get a little bit of a better understanding of, of how people come across it. Because to be honest with you, I'm no marketing genius. Uh, I haven't quite crack the code on how you reach people. And so I'm just trying to learn a little bit about that. So I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you giving me that insight. So thank you. And thank you for, for listening. So I appreciate no. that. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. And, and it, what I, 
last piece I'll talk about your podcast, but you know, this endurance world is a very humbling sport, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning that every time you think you're going to go out there and rock it, you could rock it, but there's going to be someone else that rocks it just better than you. And he's going to be probably, he or she'll be probably 15, 20 years older than you, yep. you know? And those are just the people that you have on your podcast. So it's a little bit of everything. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's actually so funny because uh, there is a um, there's a guy that I work with. Uh, he comes from a swimming background, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast sometime last year. I ran it. I didn't know him very well at the time. I ran into him in the hallway, and he was like, "Hey, man, there's a rumor going around the building that you're an Iron Man." I was like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, buddy, that ain't no rumor." I said, "That is a." fact, Jack, right? And so we got to talking about it and we developed a friendship. Well, anyway, he's a swimmer and he actually went to some national swimming contest over the weekend. And so to put it into perspective, he can swim a 57 second, 100 (laughs) meter, right? Yeah. So anyway, so I saw him for the first time today and I was like, hey, how did your swim thing go? And he, he kind of, you know how you can tell by people's body language? And he's like, well, let me tell you. He said, everything that I did was better than I did last year. So I'm good. He said, but I didn't make the top 10. He goes, all of my swim times this year would have made the top 10 last year, but they didn't make them this year because everybody else had gotten better or yeah. you know age groups ch- changed or whatever but yeah he but just to what you just said he went out and killed it in the pool you couldn't control the fact there he couldn't control the fact that there were other people that just killed it better than he did it so you're so yeah. right uh with that uh observation well cool well hey so you in your email to me you had mentioned uh obviously that you uh raced California last year, yep. right? You did Sacramento. Yep. But but you also mentioned that you had the opportunity to race uh Hawaii 70.3 uh earlier. So I guess it's around June-ish, is it in the June? It was June. Yeah. In, in yeah. June. Cool. And and I know Amy Purvis uh had mentioned she had raced uh Hawaii 70.3 and I don't know that we got a really good opportunity to talk about it. So I was hoping maybe you could talk us through uh, what that was like, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so like you said, I did do California last year in Hawaii. California was wonderful. Love the whole day, the experience. But when I reflect back on 2022, Hawaii was my a race and it wasn't necessarily how I raced the day, Mm -hmm. but it was just the whole atmosphere of Hawaii Kona. Right. Mm -hmm. And I should back up a little bit. I am a big Hawaiian at heart. Okay. I tease my wife all the time. After 31 years of marriage, if she ever leaves me, I'll move straight to Hawaii. She knows, <laughs> she knows where I'm going, right? I haven't shook her yet, but that's just the standing joke is that's where I'm going to go. That's funny. And so just like like you, my, my uh, goals and aspirations is I love to go race Kona, right? Mm-hmm. But um, that's probably not in my my uh, my wheelhouse unless they ever open it up for age groupers and then I'll be there. But so I wanted to try to get that Kona experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And so um, the wife and I uh, talked about it and, you know, the opportunity came up. And so we went over there. And so anywhere from just getting on that airplane and going over that time of year, it's just filled with Ironman. We all love to talk Ironman, right? All triathletes yeah. like the triathlons, right? Oh, yeah. And so, so you're sitting in the airport and there's just 
you just see triathletes, right? So yeah. you're just bonding right there in the airport already. I guess it's similar to what I've heard of like the Boston marathon airplane ride going over like that is just all mm-hmm. runners. Mm-hmm. And so it, the feeling of the race day is right there in the airport for you. And, and I feel like that would be almost anywhere you're going because that's a, probably the only direct flight or whatever flight is. Well, yeah, I was just about to ask, you live in California, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so were there other athletes that were catching a connecting flight? Oh, yeah. Right? So, so you probably had proportionally oh, yeah. it, more of a higher volume of people going over with you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. have international athletes and yeah. it's, it's just, it's, I mean, just at the airport, everything just starts getting good, That's you awesome. know, and then you, you fly over and, you know, the airport itself is an outdoor airport. You fly in this little airport and you, everybody's going over to get their, their bags and waiting for their bikes. And it just, you've got 50 bikes wheeling around, you know, in the, mm-hmm. the our bags, right? It, it was just, a, just even just the flight, something we typically will dread, you know, yeah. jumping on. Oh, yeah. It was, it was just a good feeling. Right. And then you get over to the airport and the airport's real convenient to where the race is. It's 15 minutes away, you know, from where the, the host hotel is. I didn't stay at the host hotel. I drove into downtown Kona and stayed in the host hotel that the world championships is in. Okay. So it's a different host hotel for the 70.3 event versus yep. the world, the full distance world championships. Yeah. It's in, Perfect. it's in two different towns and it's probably about 20, 25 minutes difference okay. driving time. Okay. But, but then that brings the whole world championship appeal to it. Mm. When you check into this hotel, they have murals on the wall of Dave Scott, you uh. know, uh, all the great triathletes of the past. I mean, everything, if you think about going into Texas stadium and seeing, I don't know, Troy Aikman or Emmett mm-hmm. Smith on you're going into Kona and you're seeing the guys that you watch, you know, on ABC and yeah. wild world of sports. And it, it, that's, that's cool. just what it is. It's yeah. just, it's, I'm, I'm getting chills telling you the story. <laughs> right? And then, so then just, and then within the host hotel, you're, it's literally like, if you Google um, Ironman world championship and look at the hotel, it, the pier is right there, which is the, T1, transition one. Okay. Right? Yep. So as you walk out of your hotel, you're 10 feet away from transition T1 where your bikes are lined up, where the swim start goes, right? Mm-hmm. It's all right there. And just walking out on where the transition is, looking out across the water and seeing where the coffee shop is that everybody talks about, mm-hmm. right? And then there's at any given time during the day, there's 10, 20 um, triathletes there swimming the course. Or mm. triathlon groups are at transition, getting ready to go out for a ride. Wow. So it, it's just, it's amazing. Um, there, there's a sign in the road that says, hey, this is the official start to the Ironman World Championships. Mm. Across the street is, a, it's not really an official Ironman store. It, they call themselves that, but it's more like a 7-Eleven that's got this <laughs> Ironman stuff in it. So you can go over there and buy. It's like walking into, uh, you know, the Ironman store on race day. So you you got the benefit of of going over to Hawaii and race and racing, right? Mm-hmm. But because you chose to stay twenty minutes off site, 
you got somewhat of the experience of the full distance, right? Because you got to see the landscape, the murals, the people practicing and all that stuff. That's what I'm hearing you say. Oh, hundred percent. And so that like my awesome. practice swim, my practice swim, I swam the world championship course, my run, I ran down a Lehi drive, you know? Oh, that's awesome. And it's just, you. I mean, being a fan of Ironman or triathletes, you know, there's a mystique of why we want to go to Kona yeah. and doing the 70.3 and staying in downtown Kona, you get it. You've raced before, Mike, you know, you, you go into cities and people say, oh, what are you here for? And you tell them and, they, and you say, oh, is that, it's kind of like a marathon, you know, yeah. when you're in Kona and you go to a restaurant, these people say, oh, you're here for the Ironman. <laughs> oh, yeah, they know. Right? Yeah, they know. Yeah. How's awesome. that swim going to be tomorrow? Are you ready for the the bike? You know, and it's just, it, it, it's just an amazing experience just being in that island and being able to do all the big nostalgic stuff, even though it's not Kona, it's not the world championship, mm-hmm. you'll get that feeling. Oh, that's, that's what made me reach out to you because I have heard you talk about should I? And I'm like, I got to call him. And say, yes. <laughs> so, so a couple of things I want to find out. Okay. So you, you, we've already shared with us that your wife is, uh, familiar with the, the, the goings and comings and all that stuff, right? She, she ran for a while. She did triathlon. So was she hard to convince? I mean, I, I can't imagine too many people are hard to convince to go to Hawaii, but when you told her this plan of, Hey, I want to go to Hawaii and race the 70.3 stay in the host hotel of the full distance world championship. Like how, how hard was that? So actually I work for a beverage supplier that's, that sells, um, athletic brew, which is official sponsor of yeah. Ironman. Okay. So they were actually the one that got me the entry. So when oh, I called cool. my wife and said, Hey, I have a free entry. It's in Hawaii. Her first words were, you got to go. Nice. So not hard at all is what no. I'm hearing you say. Okay. No. And so how far in advance did you book your reservations, your hotel? Because that's so full disclosure. Um, I actually looked at it last year. I, I looked at, uh, when I was planning this year before I signed up for Oregon, I considered going to Hawaii for the 70.3. I did. And I couldn't find a a hotel or an Airbnb. Maybe I wasn't looking broad enough. Maybe I didn't go 20 miles out to the other area. But everything within that uh, time or that space, it wasn't in my budget. So how far in advance did you have to book the hotel to where you got something you were comfortable with? I think it was probably eight to nine months out. Okay. I th- okay. I think that's pretty close to what it was. Okay. So you you were you were planning ahead, so this wasn't a last minute thing. Yeah. And and then how long were you in Hawaii? How long before the race and how long after? So I flew in on Wednesday and when I came in Wednesday I went straight over, you know, checked in, went went through Iron Man store, mm-hmm. went back to the hotel, put my bike together, did all that stuff. Thursday, I went and dropped my bike off and then had them tune it up, kind of double check my, my yep. work and my mechanics. My wife actually flew in Friday. So I, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, um, we swung by Ironman village again. And then, um, the race I believe was actually on Saturday. I okay. believe it's on Saturday. And then we stayed, the, we stayed the following week. So I, I kind of got a geek out 
and do my whole Iron Man thing and not drag her through the the mud mm-hmm. for, for three days. So I got to do all kind of my little geeky stuff. And yeah. then she came in for race day. And then, um, and we actually, we got her the VIP treatment there. So she, oh, she's, okay. she, got the, so she sat around during race day and drank pina coladas, which made her happy as can be. That's awesome. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, 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 I'm making some notes, right? Because I'm always learning. And so you did something I wouldn't have thought of, and I'd have to really think this thing through is you flew out in advance, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's a great idea. So when I did Ironman Texas, uh, in 18, and we, you and I talked briefly about it ahead of time, I drove to Houston. So from Dallas to Houston, it's a four hour drive, not too far, Right. Uh, my wife's a school teacher. She couldn't get off early. And the, and the race was also on Saturday. I think it was on Saturday, right? The race was on Saturday. And so I went down, I think Wednesday or Thursday, and then she flew down Friday. That's what it was. She flew down Friday. So I went and picked her up. And so I didn't, I was down in the Ironman complex for two days all by myself, Facebook live reporting, seeing all the things, just hanging out and enjoying yeah. it. Like, and I think, I think it's, you know, it's such a delicate topic because I love my wife and I love spending time with my wife, but it's not my wife's thing. It's not her scene. And so what I hear you saying is the best of both worlds, which is spare your wife that allow you to get out there ahead of time, enjoy all of the things. And then she shows up, sees you race. And then you spend the rest of the time, uh, doing the, the couple thing. hundred percent. And, and ah, you know, so smart and, and going by yourself, I mean, you are by yourself and you get a geek out, but there's so many people like you and I out there, you, you make friends just like that. Man, I wish I would have thought about that. I should have thought to, I should have offered that to my wife for Oregon. It's too late now. I already, already paid for the ticket. but And like you said, your wife's a teacher. My wife's in, in education too. My wife had to take one day off and then that following week was, I don't want to call it spring break, but for whatever reason, they are out of school for that week mm. during, during the time. Gotcha. That is so cool. Wow. Okay. So, so you, you've talked us through the, how you got there. We've heard all about the, you know, the, being on the site of the world championships, you got to um, stay in the hotel, see the murals, swim in the on the course, run on Alihi Drive. How was the race for you, Rick? I am not big on open water swim, whether it's the lake or the ocean. Okay. Um, Jaws will get me even in fresh water, I promise you. <laughs> so sharks were a big when – you, when you – th- I go to Hawaii quite a bit and snorkel all the time. So the, originally when I signed up, I didn't think anything of it. But then when you look at a course and think, and I'm swimming 
whatever, three quarters of a mile straight out into the ocean and coming back, your head starts playing games with you. Yeah. So the, sw- the swim start was wonderful. It actually, it starts off in a little protected cove and there's rock barriers that protects it. So it's nice and calm. There's okay. a nice little area to the side that's all roped off that you can go get acclimated to the water and kind of just chill there. And um, it's no wetsuit there, right? Yeah, it makes sense. But the, but the salt so the salt salinity level is yeah. I mean it, it keeps you buoyant just like you're wearing wearing a wetsuit. It was it was amazing. Perfect. Nice. So you start off on the rate on the race. You shoot through the rocks and you head on out. The water is so clear. I don't care how deep you get, go out there. You can see the bottom. You feel like you can stand up even though you're in forty feet of water. Mm. And I think probably about half mile into the swim. I was swimming out there and, and I put my head down and I saw something big and white. And when okay. I came up to take a, went to take a breath out of my side, I thought, Oh my God, here it is. I'm going head first <laughs> right at jaws. Right. <laughs> and then when I put my head back down, I literally had a, the biggest dolphin I'd ever seen swimming mm-hmm. upside down right underneath me. And he was just playing with me. And then as I started relaxing, I realized I was in a pod of dolphins. There was probably oh, 15 wow. to 20 of them. Uh-huh. And what seemed like minutes was probably seconds, but they swam with us for a few, probably 30, 45 seconds. And then just kind of went, well, either they were going faster than me or what they just decided to get out of there. But it was just the most coolest thing. So that's, that swim was just amazing. It was one of those swims that I did. And it seemed over before it had even started. And usually I, I can't wait till I get out of the water. Uh-huh. But coming come swimming in that water that day and just coming back towards the hotel, siding wasn't a problem. Uh-huh. Um, waves weren't a problem. It was just the most relaxing swim I've ever had. It was amazing. It sounds like it. Um, are you, uh, are you uh, one that reads the athlete guide on a regular basis, uh, Rick? For races that I do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything in there like what what would have happened if you had happened to grab the dorsal fin of the dolphin and it did that thing where it where it drags you along? Is that again? Is that specifically called out against the rules of Ironman for that race? Because I I don't. It's never been covered in any of the races that I've been in. But I've never been in a race that while Galveston is in the bay and there's dolphins in the bay, I don't remember anybody talking about it. Could could you get away with that? If you can grab Flipper and ride them, go for it. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if I could get away with that. That that might actually even out my uh, my swim split for me. <laughs> um, I have to think that through. I, it, it, what if you could lasso it with the right. like a little thing? Uh, okay, that is so cool. All right, so um, and you know what's funny is when you were telling the story uh, of the swim start in the water and all that. Um, I don't know why, but the, there's a particular. Iron Man YouTube video um, that pops up on my feed uh, every once in a while, and it and it's the swim. The, I would say part of the swim course shot from below towards the uh, up, and it looks like it's just it's just an amazing image, and that's the image that I had in my head as you were describing that scenario uh, just now. So that is so cool. Yeah, it, it's a very cool thing. So it's and it's just so 
spectator friendly too, I guess is, the is word it, I'm looking Oh, at. is it? So it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Was your, was your wife on course with you? The, oh, you said she was VIP. She was drinking pina coladas, but was she, yeah. was she up and around at the swim time? Yeah, she was up and around at the swim time and sitting in the lounge chairs waiting for me to come back. But there's a lot of just rocks and because it's in that cove, you can kind of wrap around the horseshoe and yeah, gotcha. it's just, it's, yeah. Okay. So we talked about the fact that it's not wetsuit legal, but that the uh, salinity of the water kind of averages itself out. Um, you said it was an amazing swim and you don't have to give us your swim time and I didn't look it up. Um, but when you compare your swim, uh, performance of that race to other races, was it comparable? Was it better? Was it, where do you think you, where would you rank it? It's the same. I'm, I'm slow and steady on the swim. I'm a, I'm a two minute guy through and through. Okay. No, I'm just, I was just curious. I was just curious. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're coming back into T T one. We're feeling good. We've, we've experienced the, the majesty of the dolphins. Uh, we didn't get eaten by jaws, which is a right. good thing, right? How far is swim exit from your bike? Probably about a hundred or 200 yards. So the, oh, that's the, not far at all. No. So you come out of the coat, you come out of the water, and you got the sand right there, you know, so you got to run up into the sand mm-hmm. and you hit it like a little bike path or walking path. Okay. You go about a hundred yards and you're literally probably to transition to the bikes. And then you just got to find your bike for another hundred yards. Okay. Um, there are hoses along the pathway right there. They get all the sand off your feet. Okay. The, the bike transitions actually on a little grassy area right there in the hotel area. So oh, it's okay. just, it's nice and shaded in there. You get to go over there, get your shoes on, go through transition, um, pick up your bike. And then as you head out transition, they've got a nice uh, aid station right there that you get a kind of load up, lock and load up for the, the ride. Gotcha. So, and I, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. So if you don't remember, that's fine. Um, how many people were in your age group? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. But if you were to, so if you were to compare the total number of um, athletes in this race compared to other races, as an example, because Hawaii is not easy to get to, right? You, you obviously, you, you, you talked us through it, but, but still not everybody's flying to Hawaii to race a 70.3. Would you say that there were less than average or average number of people? I would say it was average. I would say it was average number. And it it probably has to, probably has to do with my pacing in my speed and that I'm usually around the same group of people. Well, I was just trying to get a sense of it. Are there fewer people in my age group? Do I stand a better chance? Because, you know, when I was in Waco, uh, or not Waco, when I was in Chattanooga last year, there was almost 200 people in the males 50 to 54 age group. Right. So I'm trying to do the math is, do I stand a better chance in, in Hawaii because there's less competition? Like I'm just trying to get us just, I'm just looking for an angle, Rick. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so we're on our bike. Do you wear socks or no socks? On no socks, no, no socks. socks on the bike. Okay. So do you clip your shoes to your pedals and go barefoot to the mount line, or do you put your cycle shoes on and make your way to the mount line with shoes on? So th- this course was grass leading all the way to the mount line. So I just wore my shoes 
because then I could run on the grass and clip in at that point. Okay. That does make sense. Yes. Okay. All right. So we we're on the bike, uh, clipped in or heading out. Uh, is the course technical? Are there a lot of turns? Is it an out and back? Is it a loop? Is there elevation? Like what, what's our bike course? So the bike course is, it's an out and back. It's a straight course. There might be two turns on the whole course. That's it? That's it. Two turns on the whole course. Okay. There's a little, there's a little roundabout that you got to go around, um, getting onto the main, the main highway there. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a little grade going up to up the hill to the main street, mm-hmm. and then you take a left and you shoot on up. Now, what's in what the fun part about the the bike is is that it's half of the world championship course, right? It's the nostalgic oh. part of the of the championship course. So, were you on the Queen K? Yep. Nice, nice. You go out of the the resort, which is probably four or five miles. And then mm-hmm. you take a left on the Queen K. Gotcha. 90% of the race is on the Queen K. Mm. So what's neat about that is that as you're riding, you can picture all the races that you've you've seen through the years. And what's, uh, is it Fuel Gaze? Is that the Iron Man app? Yeah. The I, think, I, I, I can't pronounce it, but yeah, that's, that's it. Fuel Gaze or so, something like that. Training for this, I actually went on Fuel Gaze and got their two month free trial and rode oh. the course. And even in in that app, you get a you get to hear the what's going on, so you can tell when winds coming from your side. You oh, can is that right? Yeah, you can recognize certain buildings. So even though I'd never rode this course before, I had an idea of what I was getting into, or I could recognize certain points of interest out there that say, "Okay, oh, cool." I may go over this next hill and the wind's going to hit me from the side. So I was a little prepared for some of those breezes that they get. Mm-hmm. Now, when you leave transition, it's probably going to be pretty close to 80, 85 degrees. Yeah. I was going to ask about the temperature. Yeah. But during the bike and as you start going, you get to, you get up to the top and the turning point, mm-hmm. which I'm it's skipping my mind of what that turning point is. That's very iconic too, but it's raining up there. So you get cool, you get cooled off a little bit, but then do you, do you get the humidity? You know, after the rain comes the humidity. Yep. So you get the humidity and the first 20 something miles is all uphill gradually. Mm -hmm. It goes up and then smooths out and then it goes up and smooths out. Mm -hmm. And then you get to Habib. That's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you finally make it to the top of Habib, that's where you get, you see probably the biggest supporting group that there is. Really funny story. And when I race, I, I race myself on time, but I am also out there to enjoy my day. So when I, when I swim, I'm one of those guys that I will stop, look up and I'll, I'll thank whoever's in the kayak next to me. Hey, thanks for being mm-hmm. out here. Right. Good for you. So I had a buddy that was get, supposed to race with me and he's a very numbers driven guy. And he wanted to, he wants, he likes to race. I race myself. Mm-hmm. So I tried to encourage him to go with me and, and he didn't, but I said, when I get to the top of Habib, I am taking my picture. And he said, you can't. And I said, I'll find, <laughs> I said I'll, I'll find a way. He says, you can't have a camera on the course. So when I got to the turning point at the Habib, I actually pulled over and I got one of uh, the volunteers out there, mm-hmm. little old lady. And I said, Hey, do you have a phone? She said, sure. 
So we did a little selfie. I gave her my phone number and she texted it to me. Oh, wow. That so, is so cool. So you got your selfie and you didn't break any rules. I didn't break any were, rules. Because you were thinking outside the box. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. And so going, going up to Javiv is a grind. And, uh, but once you make that turn, it's 15, 20 minutes of just downhill, just screaming. Now I've, I've heard you talk about, there's a certain mile per hour that you won't go past. I think your yeah. magic number is like 32, uh, 30, 32 to 34 to, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I start white knuckling at about 32, 34 too. And what's cool about this is as you're going down this hill, every cyclist is bombing down this hill and they just, they just start screaming. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. screaming the happiness and they're just, you got some big boys out there that are just hammering down and flying, oh, you know? That's awesome. And so, and then you get, you get down the grind and you, st- for me personally, this is what happened to me. I get down and I'm probably 40 miles into the race and off to the right is just, it's the ocean. It's Hawaii. It's the beach. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop racing for a minute and I sat up in my bike and I said, look what I'm doing. Look where I'm at, you know? And I had to take in everything that I was doing because you get That's so awesome. sucked up into racing. Yeah. You forget, you forget you're on the queen K, you know? Yeah. It's like you get that tunnel vision sometimes, right? Um, so awesome that you had the ability to, and the, and the presence of mind to be able to, to do that. I think I, I, as I'm listening to you tell a story, I do think I do think I remember Amy Purvis talking about the view uh, on the bike course when she was coming coming down. Um, we didn't get the opportunity to talk about it as much, but um, man, that just sounds so cool. So when you're when you're when you're bombing down the hill at 34, 36 miles an hour, are you just tucked in, not pedaling, and it's just gravity is your friend at this point? Yep. Hundred oh, percent, and just That's screaming like a screaming like a little kid. Oh, it's funny because everybody's out there doing it. Everybody, God, it's awesome. That is so awesome. And you just take a little moment to realize what you're doing. You kind of got you know a couple minutes to just kind of take it all in, and then it starts hitting that flat ground, and it's time to hammer it back out again. Mm. And so you you just kind of bomb down, get through that next. 15 miles and then you got one right turn and you're right back to where you started. Nice. So transition one and transition two are the same spot. Yes. Yep. Okay. I've, I've learned that they aren't always, so that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, and then quick change. Now are you wearing socks when you run? Yeah, I do put yeah. socks on when I run. Same um, thing. That's what I do. Yep. And then head on out. Now the run course is a little, a little bit more technical than um, most courses I found. And the run okay. course is the only part that has nothing to do with the world championships. Right. Okay. But the run course is different. The run course is actually on a golf course. And, oh, really? and it, yeah. So you get the, the sponginess of the grass and then there's some of it is on like a golf cart path and stuff like that. And then it heads out to a road for probably, maybe a mile or two out and back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it, uh, that's, that's where I hit my struggles. I didn't going back to the bike real quick. So you go up the hill and you, mm-hmm. and it's 85 down below. And then you go up and hit Haviv and it's yeah. raining and misting on you. And then as you come uh-huh. back down the hill, 
it's warming up on you, but you have that wind coming at you because you're bombing down the hill, right? Uh huh. So you don't realize your body temperature is rising because your your skin feels cool. Oh. So when I hit T two, I thought I was in amazing shape. I'm like, I'm ready to just kill this run. And running, I had been, I had been was my strength for the year. I really had high expectations for the run last okay. year. Okay. And so I left T2, went out into the run, and I cramped on my very first mile, mm. which put me off bad. But I was prepared for it. But then what I wasn't prepared for is when you leave the beach and it's 80 degrees or 85 and you have that ocean breeze, I was still cool. But once you leave a certain, let's call it a mile out, there's a hedge right there that blocks everything. And then you kind of go out into this golf course that's in this lava field. Mm. And the temperature actually goes from, let's call it 80, 85 to closer to 90, 95, 100. Oh my goodness. And now you're running out into the lava fields mm-hmm. and your my body temperature was exploding on me. So I, I don't have such exciting news with the run. I had so much. <laughs> At one point I tucked, I, I had tucked in my, I wear a two piece. I tucked in my two piece into my pant, into my shorts. Mm-hmm. I had so much ice down the top of me. I sound like an ice chest running down the road. You got <laughs> to do what you got to do. Right. So, um, I came through, it's a, a three mile, it's a three loop course, four miles each. I came okay. around at mile four and I told my wife, I don't know if I've got this in me today. Oh no. And then, um, you know, you battle through, you just, what is it? Positive forward movement. Is that what we say? I think so. That's right. Right. Jump into yep. the Ironman shuffle and you just get it from A to B and you get it out. Yep. Chip away, chip away, aid station to aid station. You know? Uh, so was it, so it was three loops. So was it well spectated? So was, did you have the energy of the, the, the crowd keeping you going as well? I mean, it was hot, yeah. but still. Yeah. There, there were certain sections that was hot. Obviously, um, you know, the, where transition was big. So what mile, the starting point, mile four, mile eight, and, you know, coming home down the home stretch. So you don't, you know, if you look at my splits, you'd see mile four, even though I didn't feel good, was probably one of my faster splits. Mile eight was one of my faster splits and <laughs> mile 13, right? Yeah. Plays out, you know, and then you get out to those dark, um, back on those back stretches where no one can see you. And that's when things start slowing down for you. But yeah. it, it's, Going back to the golf course, it's it's on the grass. The grass is real spongy. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of little ups and downs, not not necessarily hills, but kind of like a golf court. It kind of goes down into a goalie, and then you shoot right back up. And that that wasn't something I was prepared for, you know? Yeah, it's so funny. I was thinking about that a second ago when you first talked about it being on a golf course. I don't play golf, but the few times I have been on course, it seems like the golf cart path, it has several little whoopy whoop-de-doo things where it's just kind of a, you know, one or two foot up, one or two foot down, one or two foot up, one or two foot down. And that's not easy to run on. I wouldn't imagine. Um, were were there people playing golf that day where was it closed? Okay. Golf course was was closed, but there's a lot of switchbacks, you know, meaning that you run to the left and all of a sudden you run back to the right. Mm. Yeah. But then you come back down through and the aid stations were everywhere. The, the support from the people were, were everywhere. Um, it was just a, 
it was a great race. I never felt like I was alone on the race. And then you awesome. come down that 13 to hit that finish line and you've got the, you know, the lays being handed out and the big arch of Hawaii and you've got the hula dancers and the fire dancers. Oh, and that's cool. And then when you come through the finish line, you know, then you go right back to where you start. You go right back to that little uh, cove where it all, the swim started and you just dive right into that water and cool yourself off and cool yourself off. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. That's, I don't know uh, the, the races I've been at. Um, that was not really something that was available to get back in the water very easily. Um, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't have yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Now your wife had the VIP experience. Did she, was she at the finish line or was she yeah. drinking, still drinking pina coladas or whatever she was drinking? Nah, at she, was, she was at the finish line. She was at the finish line. <laughs> yeah. I saw her, I saw her almost, I saw her more in that race in a 70.3 than I've seen her in any of the other races. And she, That's she cool. just loved the whole experience. That is so cool. It sounds like you had, I mean, I know the run didn't uh, go as planned because of the heat, which is understandable. It's June in Hawaii. Um, but it sounds like you had an amazing, uh, experience. It, it was amazing. Um, I would go back and do it in a heartbeat and, uh, it was just a, it was a great day all in all. And, and as much as the run was a struggle, I still PR'd by 15 minutes. So. Oh, good for you. It wasn't all lost, right? Good for you. That is awesome. And so you, you finish the race, you cool off, right? And then you're, you're in Hawaii for the next week after that. Yeah. Yeah. So we went back to the hotel, showered off, went to dinner. You're again with all the other Ironman because there's a lot of people standing downtown Kona. You get uh-huh. to talk more and more triathlon with everybody oh, so cool. for, you know, that kind of last Saturday and Sunday. And then you enjoy your time with the wife and kind of say, Hey, thank you for putting up with me for the past year. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, you know, for the next week, you'll still see people that are on vacation from race day and get to say, Hey, congratulations. And that you know, cool. So. That is cool. And so did you stay, um, because I, 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 and I think I've mentioned this before, my geography is not the greatest and I know Hawaii has seven islands. I can't name them, but did you stay in the same area the entire time or did you explore Hawaii a little bit? Did we go to any other islands? Like how did, how did we spend the rest of the week? We stayed in Kona the whole, the whole week. We did explore the island a little bit and just kind of looking for beaches. Um, okay. my wife and I are actually, frequent visitors to Maui, which is one of the other islands out there. Okay. So this was one of our, we kind of just enjoyed hanging out and seeing this island for a change. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I still, I'm fascinated by it, of course, but I get confused when someone says the big island or Honolulu and I, I, it's all foreign to me. Um, but, but maybe after hearing you, I need to, I need to brush up on this and figure this deal out because I got to be honest, you made it sound, I mean, you sounded amazing. So, uh, I'm definitely going to talk to my wife about this because while I have mentioned on the podcast a couple times that I would, that I'm considering racing Cozumel next year, Cozumel is not going to be an easy race for me to get to um, because of the circumstances. Now, if I flew my wife in after the fact, it would be easier, but I don't think she's going to fly international by herself, even though 
Texas to Mexico is not that far. It's still, I don't see her doing that by herself. Um, I don't know. I would have to be in discussions, but maybe getting her to Hawaii wouldn't be so difficult because she's off during the summer and we could just fly together and she can hang out at the hotel pool drinking her Mai Tais and I could go do the Ironman stuff. Yep. Drinking her Mai Tais, reading a book and you can go do whatever you need to do. Let me know. Maybe I'll meet you back over there. Oh, really? You're going to go back that soon, huh? I would love to. That is cool. That is cool. So you mentioned you, uh, you mentioned you took your bike with you. So you broke it down, you packed it, you took it. Um, do you have, so you have your own bike case or bag? I borrowed one from a buddy. Yeah. Okay. But it has Cosmo. Okay. So you didn't, you didn't use a tri bike transport or anything like that. How is that the first time you've flown with your bike or have you flown with it before? No, that was the first time. Very, very, very nerve wracking. Yeah. I was going to say, how was that experience for you? (laughs) You felt comfortable because there was more triathletes on the plane and everybody else seemed comfortable. Mm-hmm. Putting the bike back together was a little edgy. I know, I know you're putting your own bike together right now. Yeah. So you're yeah. handy, that. but uh, yeah. no, it it wasn't it wasn't uh, there. I luckily I do have a buddy that's very he's in the triathlons and he's very numbers driven and he's very tech savvy. So mm-hmm. he kind of walked me through how to take it apart and and disengage it and all that stuff. He he was kind of he was my coach for that race. Nice. And what kind of bike do you have? I have a Trek Speed Concept. That's what I have. I have a Trek Speed Concept. Nice. What I, I uh, do what color is it? It's all matte black. That's my black is. mamba. Yep, black mamba after black. Kobe Bryant. Yep. yep. I love that. If you got a set there's a it's a funny story because yeah. during COVID, which was I think last year, two years ago, when mm-hmm. bikes were going crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I got, I got a wild hair to sell my bike. Mm-hmm. So I posted my bike for about a thousand dollars more than I bought it. And I said, if someone's going to pay for it, then I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And someone bought it within 24 hours. Your speed concept. Great. No, no, no. My previous bike. bike. Okay. Yes. Making sure I'm tracking. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sorry. My previous bike. Okay. So I sold my previous bike for a thousand dollars more than I paid for it. There you go. And I thought, Oh, look at me. I've got, I can upgrade now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sucker. <laughs> yes. Yes. There was nothing on the market, right? No. Nothing. <laughs> and so, yeah. So then I got desperate and I drove 45 minutes over to the Trek dealer and I said, Hey, I need to buy a bike. And he says, yeah, good luck. You're not buying anything till August. And I said, but I got a race in June. I can't go. And luckily they found Trek speed concept being flown somewhere else at what hadn't been purchased yet. He says, mm-hmm. if you want to buy it right now, sight unsun, it's yours. Wow. So I didn't have that cash for that bike yet. Mm-hmm. Cause I was a little bit more than what I expected to spend. I'm a cheapskate yeah. like you. Yeah. So I, I had to come home and sell some toys on eBay, offer up Craigslist. Oh, wow. To get, to get to that final price tag. Mm. So, so you bought it, so you bought a brand new one. Yes. So did you get, uh, was yours the year that they were still, so the new, new ones, disc brakes yes, is yours, the disc brake. So you have the, you have the, the, the one that I have, but a, the newer version of the one I have, right? Yeah. So I you think have the, the rim brakes. 
It's probably a 2020, I think, is when they stopped making it. And I got to be honest, I'm still not on board with the disc brakes, right? And so I've had a couple of athletes on and I've mentioned it. They're like, oh, but the disc brakes are so much better in the rain. And I'm like, I ain't riding in the rain anyway. So they ain't going to make me a damn bit of difference difference in my riding. Um, And so I actually saw something today where somebody was selling a Canyon Speed concept. I'm not Canyon, uh, Canyon Speed Max, right? And they mentioned that it was uh, not the disc brake version, but that it was because it was not the disc brake version, it was lighter than the disc brake bike. And that's why Lionel Sanders had chosen the non-disc brake bike for St. George. So, you know, I still think the rim, I I love my speed concept. Um, I'm still, I'm still getting it dialed in. I'm still a little, I think my hips are a little locked up on the one side. I'm not as comfortable as I'd like to be on it, but, uh, man, it's so cool looking. I love, I love just looking at it and and wiping it down and yeah, so cool. It's a beautiful bike. I don't think I'll ever need another bike. Um, I just the motor on top of it's got to get quicker, right? (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. Um, but, but it's an easy, and it's an easy bike to take apart, uh, and put back together. It's pretty easy. Uh, so yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be breaking it down before too long and packing it up to go to, um, Oregon, uh, and it'll be, it'll be ready. So, so cool. Now you're meeting a few listeners out there, aren't you? I am. I am. And, um, there's, we actually have, uh, we're not quite ready to announce it, but, uh, on a podcast, by the time your podcast airs, I will have aired the episode where I interviewed uh, the ladies from the Moms of Triathlon podcast and Amy Henderson, who is a professional triathlete. She hosts, she's one of the hosts. She lives in Portland and is 99% sure she's going to race Oregon 70.3. And she mentioned the possibility of organizing like a meetup shakeout or shake, shakeout run or shakedown run, whatever they call that thing where you run a little bit before. So fingers crossed, uh, we're going to try to cross promote it on our podcasts to get as many people together, uh, to do a run, uh, prior to the race, which would be super cool. So stay tuned, uh, for that. So that could, that, that could be coming up soon. So yeah, I'm very, very excited about, uh, Oregon and seeing, I mean, there's probably six, seven, eight athletes that I've met that are, that are racing Oregon, uh, this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? Huh? I, I, it's going to be so much fun because I got to be honest with you, Rick, as, as great as your Hawaii experience sounded like my favorite moment in 2022, looking back on it was Chattanooga and it wasn't Chattanooga, the race. It was Chattanooga spending time with, uh, Jim Risto and his wife, Kim and the coffee family and just getting to meet, uh, a couple of listeners and that, that yeah. part was the coolest part about the whole, uh, race for me. Yeah. Um, I set a PR in the swim and the bike. Um, and still that was not that the meeting people was the coolest part. So that's super cool. I, I did want to mention to you mm-hmm. when you decide that you really want to PR your swim, mm-hmm. go to California. Sec to Sacramento. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. I've heard it's, it's, I've heard it's a beautiful core. I've actually, I was in Sacramento two weeks before the race last year. And I was like, you've got to be, I didn't know that's where Ironman California was. And I went to Sacramento for work and I started seeing signs and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I could have delayed my <laughs> work, my work trip and I could have coordinated the two things. I didn't even know. Uh, but yeah, I've heard, it's, I've heard it's a fantastic race. Yeah. Fast, fast swim, huh? Uh, I'm a two minute swimmer per hundred. I swam mm-hmm. 138 that day. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I PR'd by 20 minutes in the, in on my swim. Mm, how'd the rest of it go? It was, it went, it went well. I mean, it, the bike is what I train on out here. And then the okay. run, the run is along the American river bike path. Beautiful running. Got a little dark out there. I missed my headlamp pickup, mm. but, uh, yeah, it's all great, and it was one of Riley's last calls coming across. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's awesome. So what's uh, what's on store for you this year? What do you have uh, on the schedule? I am going back to the basics, and I'm going to stay with the Olympic distance. I never really got into the Olympic distance when I got into training. Full Ironman was my first triathlon I ever did. Oh wow! Um, so I listened to uh, I read a book on the Iron Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of talked about how he wanted to get back to the basics and the love of the sport. And, and that's kind of where I want to get to this year. I I don't want to put the two, three hours in a day and I want to be able to do 30, 40 minutes and maybe see what I can do as far as Olympic goes and see how fast I can get. Gotcha. Do you have one already picked out or are you just, are you still keeping your options open? No, we have some local stuff around here. Um, There's three coming up. The first one's in June. And then mm-hmm. I think July and then August, I'll be in Hawaii, funny enough in June. So I'm going to miss that one, but then I'll okay. come back. I'll come back for the July and August and just kind of do the Olympic things. We do have that swim to Alcatraz out here. Yeah. Or escape from Alcatraz. That kind of is on my radar as a swim thing. I just think that'd be kind of cool to check off the, the box yeah. that says, hey, yes, I did swim from Alcatraz. I think that'd be a cool little thing. Yeah. So I don't know if this came up on the podcast before, but uh, I registered for the Escape for Alcatraz triathlon uh, at the end of 2017. Okay. Expensive. Well, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So I registered uh, in 2017. Okay. And before the drawing, I registered and paid for Ironman Texas. So Ironman Texas is in April. After I paid for Ironman Texas, I got an email notification. I was actually picked to race the Escape from Alcatraz triathlon, right? I got I got drawn. Well, there was no way I was going to be able to race both, so I declined my um, entry or whatever, right? Uh-huh. I've never gotten picked again. I've registered <laughs> every year since and I've never gotten picked since the first time I declined it. So if you're listening and you and you sign up for the Escape for Alcatraz drawing and you get picked, don't necessarily think, oh, I'll decline it this year and I'll get it next year. I'm not saying they have banned me because I could improve that, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to get picked every year because I have not been picked since. But you're talking about doing the swim only because I know they have a swim only event as well, right? Yeah, just a swim only. 
Yeah, and and you know that it's not going to be the same serene swim that you just described to us uh, in Hawaii. No, anything but, right? It's going to be, <laughs> be, be like the exact opposite of that yeah. swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. Well, man, I, uh, I, I appreciate it so much. I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for, first of all, for, for reaching out to me, uh, and listening to the show, um, but also to agreeing to come on, uh, share with us, uh, you know, your back, your background, your story. I loved hearing about Hawaii 70.3. And I'm not just saying this, I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to revisit, looking at the hotel situation. Cause maybe I just wasn't looking at the right accommodations. Cause I had my, I had my wife all, she was like, yeah, we could do it. I had, um, because I travel for work, I have airline miles. So I don't think the, it wasn't the airfare that was scared us away. It was the hotel accommodation. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back and look at that because I don't know that I looked far enough and you actually have me very enticed at staying at the, the hotel in uh, Kona, that's, that sounds uh, incredible. It, it is incredible. Yeah. You, I, you'll not regret it. You'll love every minute of it, Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to follow up on that deal. So maybe that's something I could do next year. We'll see. Um, but I want to be respectful of your time and you know, you've been so gracious to me um, as we start to wrap things up. Uh, are there any final thoughts that you would like to leave the podcast with? I would just say anybody that's, racing any distance. Enjoy the race for what it is. Don't always have to compete. You're competing against yourself. But when you come across that finish line, take a moment, enjoy that finish line. Too many of us are just ready to get done with and you miss your friends, your family, um, all the high fives, because that is the final moment of the day that's going to sit with you and resonate. So just enjoy, enjoy that, that final couple hundred yards and take it all in. Yeah. That's such, that's such great advice. One of the, one of the, I don't have a lot of regrets in life. I I don't, but I do not even remember my finish at Ironman, Texas. No, I couldn't even describe it to you. Not a clue. Is there a video Uh, out there? I, I, well, there's a picture of me crossing the finish line. So I did in fact finish. So it is, it's a, it's a done deal. But I just don't remember it. And I remember I remember talking to Jim Risto for the first time, and he can remember the song that was playing when he finished. I was like, I I don't even remember finishing, much less the song for sure. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like that. Take a minute, uh, enjoy the experience, be grateful, um, recognize that not only did you sacrifice to get there, but others likely sacrificed some as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. Well, cool. Well, man, I, uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Let's stay in touch. Uh, I'll keep you up to date to let you know if I go to, uh, Hawaii, uh, for sure. Uh, and then, uh, maybe I can share my experience with you. Uh, I'll have, this is the deal. This is Rick. This is the deal I'm going to make you not if, but when, so if it's next year, or the year after we'll stay in touch, I race Ironman 70.3 Hawaii you can interview me and I'll describe my experience to you on the podcast. How's that sound? Perfect. And if I'm not there racing with you, I'll be your Serpa. (laughs) Oh, even better. (laughs) I love that. That is awesome. Well, cool. 
Well, hey, you uh, you take care and good luck uh, on your Olympics uh, and getting back to the basics and uh, enjoying yourself. Right on, Mike. Hey, appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.